Welcome to Honest Money, your best guide to financial freedom. I'm Warren Ingram, the author of a few best-selling books, and I'm also an award-winning financial planner, and I've helped thousands of people on their journey to financial freedom. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I am here to share my experience and the best ideas that I've learned, and I hope these ideas help you on your journey to financial freedom. Welcome to Honest Money. I'm really excited today. We're going to be talking uh, to, to Katlejo Maia, my colleague. Thanks, Katlejo, for joining us. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Warren. I'm glad to see that you invited me again. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, look, it might be your last time. You know, you just got to keep your, your performance high. You know, we don't, want, we don't want you to get too slack on our, on our shows here. Our listeners are really demanding. So, so thanks for joining us again. Uh, I thought we could actually go through some more questions because we've, we've got some really great, great questions to, to talk through. So I'm going to play the first one and, and, uh, and let's see what they're, what they're asking us. Hi, Warren. Um, my question today is um, where's the best place for a person who doesn't have a huge of money to invest, say a hundred thousand rand that you would like to save or invest, um, where's the best place to get uh, impartial advice as to the best savings vehicle for that amount of money? Um, I've met with a with a financial advisor at an investment firm, and I got the feeling that my investment amount wasn't really worth their while. Um, and if I were to go to a bank, um, you know, the options are just overwhelming. And, the, and then between the different banks as well, the, the options are overwhelming. Where would someone like me go to get um, really good uh, independent advice? That's an absolutely brilliant question. Uh, I think it's a, it's a problem that a lot of uh, people grapple with all the time is, you know, you, you, get, you, get, you sit in front of, a, of an agent of a product provider and you know before you start that they're, they're, they can only sell you their company's products and often they get paid upfront, they get paid upfront commissions so and now you're wondering how much of the advice is good for you versus good for the, the agent's back pocket. That's not to say that all agents are bad, I'm not saying that there's some they're high, really high quality uh, um, advisors that work for, for big product providers, but it is a, it is a big uh, question. So, so I think I'm gonna give you a couple of answers. One, uh, there is absolutely no substitute for, for educating yourself about your money. Uh, that's why I'm so glad that you listened to the Honest Money Show because uh, we'll, we'll help you a heck of a lot through through the, the the episodes that we've already done. You know, please go and listen to them and the ones we will do, and obviously on the show today. But uh, but, but certainly uh, understanding your your own investments and understanding what makes investments work and what, the, what why they don't work is a great way to, to to be able to judge when you're getting good advice or bad advice. So so you can't outsource uh, an element of financial education for yourself. So so well done for listening to the show. Uh, but, but I think there are a couple of ways. One. Uh, there, there are lots of advisors nowadays who will charge you an hourly fee just to give you advice. In other words, they're they, they going to make no more money than the, the fee that, that you're going to pay them for, for talking to them for half an hour or an hour about your question, about your situation, and then they are paid by you as the investor just to give you advice. And then you can go away and you can actually implement the advice on your own. And I think if you want the most objective way that you can be sure that you're not going to get compromised advice because the advisor is going to make more money doing something else, then then that is the the, the, the one route. Uh, but I think there are a few other routes as well. Katlejo, I don't know if you've got any thoughts. Um, yeah, I, I do, Aaron. Um, so the question, just to make sure now, are we talking advice or where to put the money? 
I, I mean, I, I understood the question is where do I get the advice, to, uh, the best advice to put the money away, to put the money invested, that, that's objective. So, you know, obviously, um, I think our listeners knows that, you know, that's not just a quick 30 second answer on the on the podcast. She, you know, she's probably going to need a bit more in-depth advice. So where does she where does she go to to actually get the advice that she can trust? Oh, so I would definitely, as you say, uh, look at someone that's going to give me objective and independent advice. Um, and also it's important to make sure that the person is qualified to give you that advice all right uh, so ask there's nothing wrong with asking questions of your advisor what sort of qualifications they hold how they remunerate it because as you said that will determine whether the advice is actually good for the client or it's good for the pocket of the person giving the advice um, and then also it's always good to shop around and see in terms of advisors who's a great fit for you and and who's not so uh, do a few consultations if you wish with uh, two or three advisors and get a feel for their style and how they give advice and then choose which is best suited for you i think it's a you know i think it's a great point that that we that you should shop around for advice you know i think a lot of the time we're not scared to shop around when we buy a new tv or a, you know a new appliance or a new car but uh, but when we're making uh, decisions around our money, which which could be life changing, uh, we, we're afraid to ask some some you know what we think are uncomfortable questions, or we're afraid to shop around uh, to try and find someone that's a good fit for us. And I think uh, you know what I'd say is that there are two things that are critical, uh, and and you know you're right about the, the experience and the qualifications. You know you need to know that before you actually even meet the person. You know, don't be afraid to say, please send me your qualifications and your experience. I want to see that stuff. Uh, and certainly one of the qualifications that I think are uh, most critical would be what they call a certified financial planner. Uh, you know, the, the short the abbreviation for that is the CFP, uh, because that to me is the gold standard for, for advisors in, in South Africa. Unfortunately, that doesn't mean that all CFPs are brilliant advisors, but at least it's a hurdle that they've jumped where they've told you that they've, they've gone to, to study the subjects that are necessary, they've got a, an element of experience, and they, they, they sustain uh, uh, the criteria of honesty and integrity. So, so I think that that's important. I think the, the other point is that you, you want to know, and I think you made that point very validly, you want to know how the person is paid. So you know, if someone said to me, you know, do you want to buy the, the latest Ferrari, you know, I wouldn't just say yes. What I'd say is, how much? Yep. Uh, well, in South Africa, I'd say I'm not buying a Ferrari because it won't get over the speed bumps or the potholes. But uh, but I'd want to know. I want to know how much it costs. And why wouldn't we do the same with advice? So I think it's important to say to an advisor, what are you going to do? What are the services that you offer? And how do you get paid for that? Because if I know that the advisor gets paid whatever it is, 1% a year on on the size of my investments, irrespective of where the advisor puts the money, then I know that the advisor is only interested in making my money grow because the advisor is going to make more money if my money grows. That, that makes a bit of sense to me. But if the advisor says, well, I make more money from putting it with company A than with company B, then I'm not so sure who's going to make the money here, you know, who's going to make the best decisions. So, so I think advisors need to be completely transparent with you about how, uh, how they earn, and that should be a, a question they're really comfortable to answer. If they start waffling, uh, that, that tells you that you, you, you've got a problem. And then my last comment is around chemistry. It's really important that you can sit in front of an advisor and say, I don't know. I don't understand this stuff. Please explain it to me. 
And that advisor needs to be able to explain the, what, whatever your question is. They need to give you the answer in plain language in a way that you understand. They shouldn't intimidate you. They shouldn't throw jargon at you. If they do and you feel like it's, you're too dumb now to ask a question, there's nothing wrong with you. There's a problem with the advisor. And I think that's a critical thing. A great advisor will make it comfortable for you to ask any question and be able to explain it to you in a way that you understand and the way that you feel comfortable. Not understanding financial stuff is not your problem. It's the advisor's problem. And if you get, to this, you get the sense that the advisor is getting patient or talking down at you, condescending, uh, condescending you with, with, with information and trying to like, kind of uh, obfuscate the issues, end the meeting. Say, thanks so much, uh, I'll, I'll come back to you. And you, you don't have to be rude, but it's time to go. Uh, and I think that that's the way to go. And, and definitely shop around or, uh, to, with two or three advisors. I find after you've met with the third person, you'll have a really good idea out of the three which one uh, you will work best with. And, and don't be afraid to shop around and don't be afraid to tell advisors, hey, I'm you know, meeting you, I met someone else last week and I'm meeting another person next week to, to kind of make sure that I, that I get the right advice. Uh, if, you, if you're open and transparent with them, they'll be open and transparent with you. 100%. So I hope we've, uh, we've answered your question. I think it's, uh, it's an important one. Please, you know, please don't be shy around this stuff. A lot of the time we're too afraid uh, you know, as investors to say that uh, you, you know, we, we don't know or we, you know, we feel silly asking a question because we, we somehow should have just known this stuff. And, and that's really dangerous. Hi, Warren. I have a question. I'm interested in investing a global equities fund, a fund that tracks broad global equities. Do you think that the market in these funds is overheated or do you feel that there's still some curve at the top to yield? Market timing question, Katlejo. Uh, global equities, uh, is, it, is it overheated? In other words, too expensive uh, or not? Uh, short answer, Warren, is never time markets. So never try to second guess or guess where, where the markets will go, what will happen. Is it now a good time? Uh, is it going to crash and you buy in? Those kinds of decisions or trying to make those timing calls is very difficult. Um, you will get it wrong nine out of ten times. And uh, unfortunately, when you get it wrong, that comes with losses. I think a better approach is to sort of, depending on your profile and how you want to invest your money and obviously where, in, where you are in terms of your financial um, stability or your whole position, I your, guess. Yeah, your whole financial position. Um, I think... Yes, go offshore or diversify your portfolio. But again, spread it across a different uh, basket of assets and also as, as far and wide as possible uh, over the globe. So I'll come with a slightly different approach. I think let's assume that the, the, the listener has done that stuff. They, they've sorted out their debts. They've got some nice uh, spread of assets already uh, because, you know, they're a regular honest money listener. They know about this stuff already. But what they want to know is they want to invest in global shares is now a good time. And, and I think, you know, I agree with you on the market timing. You, you can't get it right. So, so then what are the thoughts? Well, the first is, 
by, by looking at the global markets, what you need to understand is there are always going to be parts of a global market that are expensive, that are overheated. That also means there are going to be other parts of that global market that are cheap, that are, that are offering great value and, and giving you a good opportunity to start investing and get some growth out of that. At the moment, you know, and, and you know, we don't know when people listen to, to podcasts, but, but uh, you know, one could argue, for example, that's, that the tech sector in America has been getting really expensive for quite a few years. And, and so that tech sector has made parts of the American stock market very expensive. But Brexit has meant that the British market, for example, is very cheap. Uh, and, and offering great value. And, and parts of the Asian markets are, although not dirt cheap, they're offering great growth potential. So I, so I like your point, Katlejo, about not timing the market. But what I'd suggest then is if you're investing a lump sum, don't be afraid of saying, I've got 100,000 Rand, I'm going to divide it into six, and, and I'm going to put my money into that global portfolio in six equal parts over six months. Because then you're not timing the market. Then you're getting exposure. If the market falls apart two months into your, your investment, you still got another you know, three or four months of, of money that you can put in uh, and you can benefit from lower prices. If, uh, if the stock market just carries on booming you know, and, and Tesla becomes you know, 10 times bigger than it is after having a great run already and you know, everyone's really surprised, at least you've started investing in the global markets. At least you've got some exposure to Tesla and, and some of the tech shares in America. But I think your point is, is really valid. Don't be too specific and don't try and time markets and saying, well, I'll wait till things get better. I'll wait for the markets to crash first before I get invested because unfortunately uh, the markets could crash. Um, and they, they could crash in five years' time. Yep. They might not crash while you're waiting. Uh, and, and so that's the danger here. And I think that, you know, that's the, the big mistake a lot of investors make is, you know, don't, don't try not to invest at the top of the market. When is the top of the market? We'll only tell you a few weeks after the top of the market's come and gone. Unfortunately, if it was easy to do, we'd all be market timers. So phase your investments in over a period of time. Uh, you, you're making the smart decision to be a global investor as opposed to just American investor or just a British investor. Global markets is a, is a really good way to go. And then just spread it out and, and be patient. If you're doing a debit order, do the debit order every single month. Don't wait for reasons not to do it. Do it in good times or in bad. Uh, you won't regret the decision in 5 and 10 and 15 years' time. So, so I think, you know, you know, don't be a market timer. Yes, you've got the diversification. Stick it out. And, and enjoy the ride of, of letting your money grow on itself. Uh, it's not gambling. It's not casino uh, risk. Uh, but it is a risky thing. And you need to know that it's going to go down as well as go up. But over the next decade, you will make money. Just stay invested. Looking at, uh, at our producers, and I think we've run out of time. So uh, thanks so much for, for joining us again, Katlejo. And, and thanks very much to, to you, our listeners, for your questions. We really appreciate them. Keep them coming, and we'll keep answering them. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon. <laughs>